Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Welcome to our FitPro podcast today, entitled Joints, Bones and Exercise. Our guest speaker today is Chris Tynan, who many of our listeners will know from her work in the UK on interactive instructor training. And for those of us that are old enough to remember the Body Life magazine and Body Life conferences in the UK, which was perhaps 20 years ago or more now. So welcome, Chris. Before we get started, though, can I ask you to take a minute or two to update our listeners on what you have been working on these past few years and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, great. Um, Thank you, Jane, for having me on the podcast. As you say, I did do interactive instructor training in the UK for for quite a few number of years. Um, Then I got into older adults uh, exercise and certainly carried that with me when I came back to New Zealand um, about 13 years ago. And when you're dealing with older adults, that brings with it a raft of conditions and issues like um, or all those long-term conditions. So I, ha- I had to look into it and really upskill myself. And in doing that, I realised there was a need for some kind of training or upskilling for PTs who were increasingly working with people with these kind of issues, but their training and qualifications didn't cover it, especially in New Zealand where we don't have exercise physiologists in any numbers that, that other countries like Australia, UK, South Africa and Canada have. Mm -hmm. So I put together Exercises Medicine. Now, this has got two strands. One is to provide accessible online training to exercise professionals. And then our other arm is the practical application of of this uh, in Christchurch, New Zealand, where we run classes in small groups for some of these conditions like Parkinson's, cardiac, prostate cancer, uh, etc. Overwhelmingly, the most common of long-term conditions found with the older demographic is, in fact, arthritis. So the first online course from me has been put together, and we called it Joints and Bones. So it is arthritis and osteoporosis. When we were chatting earlier, before we actually went on air, you mentioned that in putting together all of this information for the arthritis modules of Joints and Bones, that there were a few things that surprised you. Can you tell us what they were? Yeah, well, you know, I think I'd always known about osteoarthritis. That's that's just so common. But what really amazed me was the huge number of different forms of arthritis. And depending uh, what source you use is well over 100. In fact, sometimes it's quoted as being over 140 different forms of arthritis. Um, obviously, there's no way you could cover all of those in a three-hour course online. So um, we picked out the key ones and exercise professionals most likely to come across, things like osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, gout, gout, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue syndrome, and about eight others. And the second thing that I didn't appreciate was that the, the latter two I mentioned there, fibromyalgia and CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, fall under the arthritis umbrella even though the cause of the condition is is completely different from the other forms of arthritis. And, well, to be honest, it doesn't appear to be any definitive cause of of these conditions, but they're increasingly common. Any of the arthritis educators you you speak to around the world will say we're just seeing more and more cases of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, which, you know, is kind of interesting. Yeah, it it is. I mean, likewise, I I wouldn't have known that myself. Um, FitPro has an online course authored by you also on osteoporosis and exercise. In the course, you refer to osteoporosis as being the silent disease. What does this really mean? And and how often would a PT come across a client with it? 
So, and, and feel free to say, I mean, most people would expect that osteoporosis is just an old person's disease, but actually, um, you know, obviously it isn't. Yeah, that's right. Um, the stats are that one in three women and one in five men over the age of 50 will suffer a fracture due to low bone density. Now, that's a huge number. So, in fact, you're very likely to, to come across someone if you work with an older demographic who, has, who have got low bone density. Um, now, the issue around the age thing, it's clearly a risk factor, but the thing that all PTs need to be aware of is that the, the bone building years are, you know, childhood and adolescence. So, and, and maintaining that bone density all the way through adulthood is absolutely crucial. So PT should be really aware of um, osteoporosis, uh, osteopenia, which is uh, the precursor to osteoporosis, and just all the implications of the type of exercise that they're prescribing have for building up a, a good bone bank. That's that's mm -hmm. what they call it, a good bone bank, so that by the time you get to the age after the menopause, particularly when your bone density is, is you know, being reduced, mm -hmm. uh, you've got a, a lot of kind of money in the bank, if you like, yeah. or bone density in the bank. Um, and the reason it's called the silent disease is that people don't know they've got it until they break something. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's scary because there are actually medications that can be taken to, to offset some of the, the, the breakdown of bone. And obviously just to be aware of the important types of exercise to keep your bone density as, as strong as or as high as it can be. So, yeah, that's why it's called the silent disease. And they are actually quoting that, you know, there'll be a tsunami of people um, who, mm. who fracture bones very easily in the near future okay so how have the treatment protocols changed in terms of managing arthritis and osteoporosis over the years and how does this affect us in the fitness industry well it, it affects us really well because um, it used to be that uh, for osteoporosis for example the advice from the um, medical uh, fraternity would be look just take it easy don't lift any heavy weights over about 5 kg you know and all of that kind of thing just to um, mitigate the, the risk of fracturing something well you can understand that advice but in fact in doing that you are not getting any benefits of, of exercise and we know that the huge benefits of, of any kind of exercise for any demographic so in fact it was a little bit counterproductive they they weren't they were scared the, a lot of the people given this advice were scared to kind of do anything yeah. which meant that their general health was was deteriorating it certainly didn't improve their strength balance power to kind of prevent um, falls if, if it did happen. So that's that's really changed, certainly in the last eight, 10 years, quite dramatically. And now the best um, experts in, in the world on this are saying, no, no, you need to exercise. You need to be mindful of some exercises and positions that are, are not, uh, you know, kind of counter productive or definitely contraindicated for people with severe osteoporosis but in fact exercising is one of the best things you can do so that's changed that's changed hugely and the same really with arthritis you know the the odds of having to have um, knee replacements and hip replacements as people get older I mean that that's a huge cost to the health services and and everything else so we're at all possible now the the management triangle has changed completely now. The base of the management triangle is exercise and, well, lifestyle change, which is exercise and weight loss. Mm. 
both of those areas of course you know in the fitness industry we can we're well positioned to take advantage of so you know in, in both cases now there's huge numbers out there and there will be more and in fact we're um, we're in a fantastic position to to give the advice and the guidance and the support that these people need yeah and that's why you know continuing education courses like yours in this area chris is so valuable um, so, I mean, I guess it, it would be true to say that um, often PTs don't get the credibility they deserve, uh, all exercise professionals in our industry don't get the credibility they deserve um, from other health professionals when working in this area and, and appreciate that we, you know, we do need to work within our boundaries. But what advice do you have for uh, working with other allied health professionals and how can we be better at it? Yeah, that, that, that's very true. I mean, it, it is a generalisation, but it's probably not unfair to say that, that PTs and instructors are kind of viewed at the bottom of the food chain, you know, with, with the plankton down near the bottom. Um, sometimes it's a little bit of, um, I'm going to say fear or patch prote protection by, by physios, etc. But certainly GPs are not aware of um, the good work we can do. And so I think in order to to um, develop much better relationships and credibility and trust because that's what it's all about. We need to be better at communicating and we, I think we need, we're a little bit scared of that sometimes. We think, well, you know, a GP or, or, or a physio or a clinician or, or something, you know, who am I to kind of send them a letter? Well, I think we need to, you know, I think we need to update them on the work we're doing with their clients and their patients. And in doing that, they'll see that, oh, actually these, these people do seem to know what they're doing. Um, and in many cases, this will come as no surprise, to uh, fitness professionals out there, we, we, we actually know a lot more about exercise prescription than your, your average yeah. GP, and we certainly yeah. know uh, we're able to prescribe exercise in an in a ongoing, um, yeah, long-term uh, situation compared to a physio, which generally speaking, a physio will do fantastic work with MSK issues, musculoskeletal, but I don't know that you'd say they prescribe exercise. They prescribe exercises, you know, yeah. a rehab protocol and that sort of thing. So I think we can work together with them well, but in terms of uh, getting people to exercise on, a, on an ongoing long-term basis, you know, we're, we're the ones, that's our bread and butter and that's what we do. So, you know, I think for me, it's all about communicating and, you know, make sure your, your communication with them is professional and try and speak their language a little bit, but by the same token, they haven't got long. So don't, you know, don't turn it into sort of a four-page whatever, just yeah. a quick progress report of what you're doing. Um, here in New Zealand, there's a, a couple of examples of very well-qualified, they're actually exercise physiologists, but they have soldiered away and battled away with making contact with the GPs in their local area. And finally, after several years of doing this, they've got huge credibility and trust as a result. So it is a personal relationship. Don't mm -hmm. expect the, you know, the allied health pathways or, you know, government organisations or whatever health um, things to actually do it for you. you. You've got to be proactive on this. Yeah, Chris, um, I know you're in New Zealand and I know it's uh, very much later for you over there. So I'm not going to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for your time. It's um, It's been incredibly um, educational and interesting what you've shared with us today. And we certainly look forward to hearing a lot more for, from you. So now you can uh, go and enjoy a nice little <laughs> New Zealand red. Thank you, Jane. You have a good day. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thanks a lot, Chris. Bye now. Bye-bye. For more information about FitPro Education, 
and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time.